Today's sponsor comes from Orgain Organic Protein. If you're looking for delicious plant-based protein and also health and wellness products, then you've come to the right place. You can enter the discount code SMART, S-M-A-R-T, J-E-W-E-L-Z, that's Smart Jewels at your checkout using the link that we provided in our show notes to receive your exclusive discount code. Y'all heard the introduction. We are back. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Just getting the watch party up and running right now. I am here uh, with my very special guests. Uh, This is the Run the Jewels Vidcast podcast series, episode 42. Uh, I'm your host, Julian Smartrimple. I'm your host, Julian Smartrimple, King Jewels, uh, here with a very special a guest and friend of mine. We are uh, high school classmates, definitely uh, raised out here in the county of Cobb County, Georgia, and Marietta, Georgia. Shout out to all the the Wildcat Nation uh, that are going to be tuning in. Uh, We are here uh, with Miss Rachel LaForce. Uh, She is uh, going to be dropping heavy jewels uh, on you all this evening, uh, talking about her experience and her journey and getting into uh, not just the entertainment field, but specifically in comedy and also being an influencer, a speaker, uh, uh, an inspiration to a lot of men and women uh, all throughout the USA and also abroad. So she's going to be telling you her story, uh, how she's still um, making it in Hollywood and about to be doing some major things when it comes to comedy. Uh, we are here for episode 42, uh, Becoming a Comedian. Uh, Rach, uh, for those that don't know you, can you introduce yourself to those that will be tuning in? Yes. Oh, that was like, I already feel like I'm in church. Like that is a song. Like I'm like, I am here for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going on? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Rachel LaForce and uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, actor, writer, uh, and humorist and soon to be a speaker. So that's, that's the next step in this journey. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all won't want to uh, miss any of the jewels that she'll be dropping tonight. Uh, thank you for those that are, are going to be tuning in and those that will watch the replay. Uh, this whole month, we are talking to people that I've followed. I've tracked them. Uh, I've definitely supported them, uh, whether it's from afar or even up close and personal with their journey uh, into their passion uh, becoming a reality. And uh, we are talking none other uh, with a high school classmate of mine, uh, she is doing some great things out in L.A., uh, doing some great things uh, and following her dreams uh, when it comes to this thing called comedy. And so she's going to be telling you how she became and is still becoming a standout comedian. And so, uh, Rach, tell them a little bit about uh, where you grew up. Tell them a little bit about your background. How did you get into comedy? Let them know uh, who, who you are this evening. Yeah, so we we went to high school together. Uh, yeah, so, like, I, as I always tell people, like, I have no connections to Hollywood. I, like, my dad was an athlete, my mom's in academia, and I showed up. I'm an only child, and I was like, I want to dance! And they are like, we don't know what to do with you. Um, so I always, it's interesting, because, like, I feel like I'm rediscovering how to use my voice now at 33, but, like, when I came into this world, I had no problem like telling you what I wanted where I wanted to go like what I wanted to do so luckily it was super vocal and my parents got me into like singing and dancing and everything imaginable and then even through high school I was like our pep rally MC our senior year I was in like every theater production possible and uh so I've it's interesting to me when I hear either like friends of mine or other comics and they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I was just kind of like stumbled into this thing. And like that life is so foreign to me because I'm like, Oh, this is always, this has always been the thing. Um, I mean, I've slowly, you know, discovered it and figured out what it is and, and all those things. But like I came into the planet being like, I, I need to perform. It's within me. Um, so in high school, I actually wanted to go to NYU. That was like my big dream because I wanted to do musical theater. Wow. And then uh, 
our drama teacher was like, oh, you should check out The Second City, which if people aren't familiar, The Second City is like the premier sketch theater, I mean, comedy theater in the world. Wow. So I was like, all right, cool, go check it out. I was like 16 or 17, you know, and we're looking at schools. And I went to Chicago to see a show there. And... I, like, I still remember how, like, it, it was weird watching something. Like, I didn't even know what it was yet, if that makes sense. Like, it was so magical to me that I was like, what are they doing? And, like, <laughs> just being able to watch other people, like, bring a whole room of vastly different people in one room together, like, laughing. Like, that was just, like, magical to me. Yeah. So, obviously, I was like, all right, forget NYU. I'm going to Chicago. Um, and I did, so I ended up, uh, at school, I went to Columbia College, it's a smaller art school in Chicago, it's great, um, went to school there, and then, like, started doing classes at Second City, and interning there, and, like, I mean, anything and everything that somebody would let me do, um, and then I think that journey between, like, college and after school and everything, it was about seven years. And then I finally got hired officially to Second City. Um, wow. Yeah, because a lot of people, and as they should, they're like, oh, I've, I've studied at Second City or I worked for Second City, which is great. But, like, the, the distinction of, of, like, being hired, like a, a, a paid performer there is a little bit of a distinction. So it was a huge, like, at, at that time it was my biggest dream. And I was able to accomplish it. So, um that was life changing and um, did that. I toured with them. I'll give you like the over brief. We can kind of go back, but I did that for um, three and a half years. I toured. Um, and then through that, I got my agents uh, here in LA. I live in LA now. And um, I, yeah, I was a second city for about another year that I had my agents. And I was like, I think it's, time to go because again I had never thought beyond Second City like that since I was 16 I was like that's my dream that's what I want to do and as with most big dreams it takes a really long time to like accomplish it it takes a lot of hard work so I'd gotten it and then I was like oh damn like I didn't plan anything beyond that so yeah um, yeah and now I've been in LA for four years so absolutely so those so those that are tuning in uh, thank you for Brandy uh, for Keith Keith knows uh, tuning in. Um, we are talking to Miss Rachel LaForce. Uh, she is a dynamic force uh, doing some major things uh, out in Hollywood, out in California. Uh, I knew Rachel uh, from high school. Uh, we grew up together here in Marietta Cobb County. She's been doing major moves uh, since then. So as I said uh, earlier last week when I interviewed another high school classmate of mine, uh, never lose sight of some of those that you grow up with because y'all may be toasting uh, champagne when y'all both get to the top. And so you've heard from John Dixon, uh, you've heard from Brandy Washington, and now you're hearing uh, from Miss Rachel LaForce uh, this week, uh, who is dropping jewels about how she made it to Hollywood and also how she is becoming a standout comedian. And so, Rach, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to, like you were mentioning, in high school or even in college, um, like who were some of the mentors or even possibly teachers uh, that saw that uh, that it factor uh, in you that wanted you to go into stage plays or production and like uh, talk about that experience of how did they allow you to basically get pushed into uh, doing acting? I the first thing that I think of is actually like that there weren't a lot of voices along the way to help me. Mm -hmm. Um that's not taking away from the very loud voices and, and I'll share their names of the people who definitely helped aid and get me to where I am. But mm -hmm. that was the thing that was really scary because, you know, I mean, you, we went to high school together. It's like, it's, and Marietta has changed a lot, but it's like growing up, you know, everybody else around me, they, you know, like they were, it was girls, like they were pretty and they were like quiet. So boys liked them. And like, I was like, I don't know what this is about, but I also, you know, I was in high school. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be like my friends. And right. so having that of like, Oh, I want to be like everybody else. So, mm. not, so not wanting to stand out, but then also being like, 
yeah, but I have to, like, I have this thing. So kind of feeling stuck within that. But our drama teacher, uh, Wendy Gilstrap was her name. She's since passed, but she was like very, very influential in helping me like discovering second city and really, um, really being like, you're good. (laughs) You know, like you're like, this is a thing you could actually do because I didn't really know, you know, like I loved Lucille Ball or, you know, where it was like, I didn't know if I could actually do this thing. Um, and then in college, well, and my parents have always been like, whatever you want to do. So they have like for sure been the biggest cheerleaders, even though they've, they had like, no awareness of this business and still really don't to a certain extent. They were always like anything we can do to help you make this happen. Like we're here for. So that was also like monumental and being able to make a lot of this, this happen. Um, and in college, my, I actually just recently wrote about this um, in uh, a piece, shout out Voyage LA that did a piece on me. And I wrote about this, that Sheldon Patinkin, who was the head of, who's artistic director of second city was one of my teachers in musical theater when I was a freshman in college. And he pulled me aside like the first semester and he's like, uh, he's like, Rachel, um, bad news is you cannot sing as well as your classmates and, and your voice is not going to hold up for eight shows a week. <laughs> but the good news is that you're funnier. So you need to figure out how to get into everything comedy. So it was kind of like, a few voices along the way that were loud enough to get me to be quiet enough to hear my inner voice, which was, yeah, you got to go this way. So mm. Mm. It's always, it's always the great thing with college uh, professors, even though they're getting paid more than our high school uh, teachers are, are sewing into you and, and letting you know that even though you may be good possibly in this particular field, that as he said, you'll be even better in going into comedy. Uh, so, so shout out to all those college professors out there that uh, Amen. continue just to sow seeds into Rachel, myself, and others. And then, uh, even in in going into that, uh, really quick, we'll do some quick shout out. Shout out to Justin, Alana, uh, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for those that will be watching uh, the current live stream or the replay. Uh, like Rach, talk about when you had that professor um, sow into you by telling you. Of course, you're doing uh, theater, but you can be more successful in comedy. Like, when was that light bulb moment that you started actually um, taking your, your work, your preparation into comedy, like serious and sort of tinkering what you already had, had done from being in stage plays and theater? Or like, when was that, that aha moment where, oh, I could actually do this? I don't know, because there there's been so many of them along the way, but there's also, like, in doing this, unless you're like a psychopath, there's also the other side of it that's like crippling self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? Like I always tell people, I'm like, if you want to be successful, you have to learn how to persevere through every single like loss and every single win. Because when you win big, then your instinct is like, oh, cool, like I've won, I can lean back. And it's like, no, when you win big is when you lean in, you know, I mean, rest, take care of yourself, but like you – there, there are no off days, I feel like, when when you are pursuing anything that is very competitive. And um, to go back, I feel like probably post-college when I really started um, integrating myself into the Second City program and I got uh, kind of teamed up with a couple of other artists uh, that I still work with to this day. And... Um, having a crew of people. I mean, I never did sports in growing up and it was like, Oh, this is what a team feels like. Mm. Like you don't do well if I don't do well. So then we don't do well. And so it was really the first time that I was like, Oh, I can learn from other people. I don't have to do this alone. Um, so that was really the first kind of like Mario star, as I call it, of like when you're playing Nintendo and you get the star, it's like, we can do this. Like, right. That was definitely the first time I remember being like, oh, this is a reality. You could really, really do this. Hmm. And that's and that's a serious thing, because uh, regardless of if uh, we're talking about uh, people uh, that you'll be meeting this week, including Rachel and, and last week with John Dixon, uh, who have gone into Hollywood and are breaking down doors. 
Uh, you have to know uh, that you need a team in order to be successful. You can't just be the one person out there uh, trying to master and make everything happen. You have to have supporters, agents, as you've heard Rachel and even John uh, talk about. And you have to have people that believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself. And so, uh, Rach, talk a little bit about um, on top of uh, you knowing that you needed to develop a team. Like, how did you come across your agent? Was it a referral from someone you knew? Was it someone you uh, happened to just run into? Like, how did you get tagged with your agent? So, yeah, I'll actually break this down a little bit more because I feel like often if I do talkbacks or if I'm like mentoring people, this is always a huge question. Mm -hmm. And now with like influencers across the board, people are looking for agents. So it's, it's no longer just for actors or writers. So I think this is super applicable to everyone. And there are YouTubers that are 16 that are making money that I'm still chasing. So this is applicable to anyone that's watching this, right? Um, There is no set path to getting an agent. I, I actually got very, very lucky of the circumstances. I didn't get lucky because I worked my butt off to get to the position where they were able to see me, the platform that they saw me on. So I was touring with Second City at the time. Um, and uh, so, you know, that platform is rather large. You have a lot of agents and managers that come to see you. Mm-hmm. Um but I got very lucky. We're like, we got off stage. We're at the bar across the street. You know, I'm high on adrenaline from the show. And these two guys, not much older than me, wearing suits, come over and they're like, hey, we really liked you, you know. And I think that they're just fans. So wow. I'm just being myself, which is the most important thing. If you want to be successful in this business, like be authentic, figure out who you are and like own that thing mm. to the fullest is like a huge piece of advice I have as well. But I, I was not nervous talking to them because I didn't know who they were. So there was no stakes. So mm. I was sharing myself and then they're like, oh, well, we're agents from New York. We would love to have a meeting with you to potentially represent you. And I said, I, I would love that. Could you excuse me for one second? I'm going to use the restroom. <laughs> and I Googled them on my phone. Mm. And lo and behold, they were a huge agency. And so I washed my hands, I left the restroom, and I said, sure, uh, well, what time can you meet tomorrow? And and thus began my journey with them. But moving on to where I am now, I've since been dropped by them. Gotcha. So, which is very normal. It happens all the time of, like, you'll team up, you know, with agents. Because, A, you're basically dating these people, right? What? Like, you're seeing how it goes. And then the business with agents, I always tell people, too, is it's like, you have a very small time frame to make money. That's mm. the job. So it's not that my agents, even when he calls and he's like, Rach, I know you know that this phone call is probably coming. We have to drop you. Like, I'm sure, you know, I, you can always use me as a reference, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in fact, to that note, my old manager that I worked with, who I've since fired, reached out to me a couple months ago and were like, Hey, um, we want to send you out for this thing. Are you interested? And I was like, sure. So I think as long as you're aware of not like burning relationships in any form and always leaving something as gracious, as graciously as you came into it, no matter if you got screwed over, if it wasn't fair, if it made you angry, like you never know who you're going to (laughs) need, you know? Right. So it's like, just always, always, always be gracious. Um, so I got lucky that first time. And now with looking for representation again, a, I have more credits on a resume. So there's that. And I know my voice a lot stronger now. And I also understand the game of Hollywood. Mm. And I will continue to learn. But when I came here four years ago, I didn't know. I was like, but I'm talented. Of course people will like book me for things. And it's like, Oh, God bless. That is a small, small amount of it. So there's the business side that I wasn't really savvy to yet. Um, so that's kind of the part that I'm, I've really built a team as far as people that I can rely on or I've learned from. So now, again, my biggest piece of advice with seeking representation is A, don't sign with somebody just because they can promise you something or because they're a big agency. You want to sign with somebody who understands you and knows how to sell you because you wouldn't want somebody who sells lobsters to be selling mattresses. They're not going to do a very good job at selling mattresses. So you've got to find somebody who knows who you are, what you want to do and how to sell you. And 
with that, if you want to be found, you have to be doing the work. So I don't care how great you are or how great, you know, you think you are. If you aren't out there doing the work, nobody can find you because, you know, I'm on stage X amount of times a week. I'm putting out X amount of videos. I'm working and collaborating with other people so that when I'm, you know, inquiring with different agents and managers, I can say, hey, I'm at, you know, such and such comedy theater twice next week. If you want to come, let me know. So you're giving people a place to see you do your thing. Yeah, and that's huge that um, that Rachel is telling, even myself included and all of us, like you you have to do the work and you also have to, as she mentioned, and also uh, Dixon said this last week, who was our actor and influencer that we interviewed, you have to find an agent who truly knows and believes in you and your vision. Uh, because she did say uh, that it is a short a relationship uh, all the way, uh, it could extend to a long relationship based off of uh, how um, the the relationship is growing, just like men and women or, or relationships that you may be in personally. And so you have to be able to know what works best for you when you are pivoting or transitioning to the next level. And, and that's a good pivot uh, even uh, to give some quick shout outs. Uh, thank you, uh, Dixon, for tuning in. Thank you, uh, Amber, uh, for tuning in. Uh, t- thank you to those that will still be watching. Uh, we're on the line for episode 42 I'm here with Rachel LaForce. Uh, she definitely is a mighty force breaking down doors and also breaking down um, just her dreams out in Hollywood, L.A. She's actually on West Coast time, Pacific time. And so shout out to those uh, who are on the West Coast, best coast. That's where I'm from, Oakland, California, to be exact. But I still love Cali, everything. So uh, shout out to those who are out in California making their dreams become a reality, just like Rachel. And so uh, a really quick, Rach, I know you were telling them uh, how you broke in in basically uh, building up your team. Uh, like talk about uh, why is it important, especially uh, as you are developing your craft as, as a comedian, actor, influencer, speaker. Like how important is your team uh, towards your success that you've seen over the, over the past, like let's say two to three years? I think vital. I'm I'm a really, really big proponent um, of or let me put a button in that because I realize I really this is vital and I would love to be able to give this information to people in regards to finding an agent. I want to be very clear that an agent's job is specifically to broker your deal. Mm. So a lot of people get agents and they're like, well, my agent's not sending me out. They're not doing any work. Their job, they should be doing those things. They should be working for you. But ultimately, their job is to broker a deal on your behalf once you've booked something. Mm. So if you're really looking for someone to grow with, you are looking for a manager. Mm. So I just wanted to put that out there because that is something that I've really only really begun to understand while exercising it. And I think that that's a piece that doesn't we, we don't often hear the delineation between an agent and a manager. And I think that's really important. Um, so I appreciate for, for letting you go back. Uh, so for building a team. Um, for me, I you know, this this business is it's a marathon. Mm. And you've got to have those people on the sidelines. You've got to have those people to change your tires. You've got to have those people. And it's also making sure that you have people who equally invest in you. For me, creative work is also very spiritual. And whatever, however you like identify your spirituality or your sense of self. Mm-hmm. But as an actor or a speaker or a teacher, uh, an innovator, a motivator, any of those things, you are sharing so much of yourself. And if you aren't taking good care of yourself, you will burn out. You will burn out, you will burn out, you will burn out. So really creating like a steady base for yourself of like a core group of people who don't drain your energy. I mean, I'm even talking like if you, you're dating somebody right now and you know in the back of your head, like this is not for you, beat right. it. Get them out of there because you don't have time to waste. You don't. And I, and I don't mean to say that to be like time is now. Go, go, go. Like I, I'm all about hustle, but I'm also all about flow. Right. But I think to really be able to produce work at a rate that honestly we're expected to pump out. I mean, you know, with doing these videos and, and like hustling and getting people and putting it up, like 
it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And then most of us are also working three other jobs to make the dream work. So you don't have time to be texting somebody because they're upset with you. Right. They didn't, you know. So I, I think even finding your core of people that are around you is finding people who support you and give back. You know, it's like it's so important. And then finding other artists or people who are in your field that it's like that's all what networking is. I feel like networking gets a bad rap or it's this thing that we're going into a room nervously and we're looking for somebody who can give us something. And I really like to work to dispel that because networking can happen anywhere. Start to begin to notice when you speak with somebody, when you light up. When you when you're talking with somebody and you feel that light, that's somebody that you need to be like, hey, do you want to exchange? Like, are you on Instagram or can I get your email? Doesn't mean you're going to be best friends. Doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, represent you or whatever. But really starting to pay attention to when that light happens, because I feel like we don't really teach ourselves to be able to better identify people that are our people. And so sometimes we look around, we're like, I don't even like any of these people I'm hanging out with. So. I think that that teaching yourself that skill, which is more of a spiritual skill, I think is just as applicable in the business side of, you know, in my, in my business, it's entertainment, but that's, that is applicable for any field. Does that make sense? Is that clear? That's that's perfect. And and just like Rachel is telling all of us that you got to pay attention to when you get that that connection, uh, uh, life, life is really all about connection, no matter what nationality, culture you come from. Um, you've heard Rachel say this, you've heard Dixon say this, you have to be mindful of the people and also the energy that you're giving off to others when you come into contact with them, because you can easily miss out on the opportunities or blessings off of not wanting to, or not knowing how to stay connected to people uh, that you do come across. And so uh, that, that was even a good uh, transition, Rach, into the next part. Like, like, how did you keep the faith when you first went out to L.A., uh, whether uh, you were you were working originally when you went out there or whether you just went out there like a lot of folks that you and I both know that are just going out there with a hope, a dollar in their back pocket and a dream. And they're like, man, I'm going to make it. Like, how did you like keep going? Like, what was your 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 mindset? How was how were you? Um, how are you staying, staying on your game to not give up and to not like come back home or whatever the case is? Like, how did you push through? I think trust, like no matter what else, no matter what happens, I really, really trust within myself that this is what I'm supposed to do. And that's scary because mm-hmm. this is a thing I've really been struggling with this year of like almost a feeling of, well, why me? Why do I like I think a lot because I think not to generalize, but I think for women, a lot of times it's like be quiet, be, you know, that we're supposed to be in service of other people. A lot of skills that I think are really great, but it's also where I feel like I was taught inadvertently from growing up in a Christian home. There was a part of it that I think isn't what is meant to be taught, but mm-hmm. I think we need to be conscientious of, which is, um, confidence versus bragging. So I feel like somewhere along the way, I kind of was like, well, why would I think that like I should shine? But mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize like, you know, it's the nurse, it's the the song of like this little might of, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's like, you no, know, everybody should be singing that song. Everybody has a light. Everybody has something to share. Mine just happens to be on a larger platform. And it's also, you know, again, whatever your higher power is, for me, it's the sense of it actually isn't about me. Mm. It's it's that I should have enough faith that what I really believe I'm here to share is bigger than me. So I'm I'm not out here to be like, uh, yeah, well, I have something really good to say or I'm like really funny. So I'm going to be famous. Right. Like. Right. That's not, that's not my take. My take is 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 when I'm not being able to create and when I'm not being able to share what's authentic to me, I get in a really dark place. Mm. And that dark place took me down a very dark path that I've spent about the last two years of my life healing from and getting back to a place where I'm like, girl, 
the mission is as clear as it was when you came into this planet. Right. You are here. It is your place to to be a light for other people, to remind them that they can be a light, too. So it's been a lot of back and forth. It's been very high highs, and it's been very low lows. And I think it is... Um, it's also something where, and I, and I also tell people this a lot too, and they say that they really want to do this work. I'm like, you have to want it and mm. love it more than anything else because it will test you in ways that you did not know possible. <laughs> um, but I think it also makes you so much more authentic. Like now when I'm going into audition for something, I'm just there. I'm not here to prove anything. And I hope that I get it and I know that I'm good enough to do it, but it's also the blessing of like, I'm here. I get to share the room with these people and I just get to play. And the fact that I'm 33 and I still get to do that, that's, that's what it is. And then the, the rest is just continuing to go. So it's trust, it's perseverance and it's passion. You, you gotta be passionate about it. Yeah, and stay right there too, Rach, because I know um, people need to need to hear that, especially uh, from you as our special guest. Um, like when it comes to all the different, let's say, um, opportunities that you were trying out for, uh, and all the um, the acts that you may have been, of course, um, rehearsing for, or even just trying out for again. Like talk about like being rejected and being able to be okay with people uh, not agreeing uh, to move forward with you as, of course, a comedian, uh, actor, and even uh, just you as a woman, especially, like, talk about, like, how you've had to deal with being told no or being told not right now, and, like, how has that changed your mindset since being out in Cali, basically? I'll say, first and foremost, your, your job as an actor, or even as a comedian, is to be prepared. Mm. Beyond that, everything else is out of your control. And that's like another even spiritual lesson that I'm learning now of like, I've decided no more stress. This is a huge thing. <laughs> I decided that and then two days later, my luggage got lost when I was on an international trip. So I was really able to put that uh, into practice. But I've just decided like, if I've prepared and I've done all that I can do, then the rest is out of my hands. So stressing about it or giving it any more energy Obviously, we're human. We have emotions, et cetera, and that's okay. But giving more of ourselves than we need to to any circumstance, thats thats I've got a really great acting teacher um, and coach that I work with now, and that's always his thing. He's like, no audition is an emergency. You could get called in for what's called straight to producers, which means normally in an audition process, you have the initial audition, mm -hmm. and then if they like you, you go to the callback. And then you have um, an audition with producers, which means the producers, sometimes the writers, the, the directors of the show, uh, sometimes the, the showrunner of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll do what's called network tests, mm -hmm. where you'll go and you will test for the network. Wow. Here's the thing. A lot of these executives don't know what they want. So sometimes you lose a job because you looked like somebody's ex-girlfriend that they didn't like. Wow. Or sometimes you lose the job because somebody else has more star power and you're an inch taller than them and it's going to be too much production-wise because they're going to have to put him on a riser in every scene you're in together. Like, there are so many things that are out of your control and so many reasons why you can fail that all I decide is, like, here's a reason why I could win today and then let the rest you know, Jesus take the wheel because beyond that, I'm going to make myself crazy, you know, and I, and I always say that it's like, what is meant for you will never miss you. Yes. What is meant for you will never miss you. And I think it's also, and this is huge, is always looking at like where you were a year ago and where are you now? And mm. if you're continuing to move forward, you're doing your job. You're doing your job. I mean, and there's also where like, there was, it might've been Christina Hendricks, uh, who was on Mad Men and, and many other things. And she said, she goes, if you haven't been fired from a sitcom, you're not a real actress. <laughs> and, you know, where it was like, you, that's the business. I mean, that was where it was like such a huge, huge hit to me when I got dropped by my agent and I called my manager and he goes, well, now this is your Rocky moment. 
now you have to work so hard that in four years, five years, six months from now, whatever the timeline happens to be, that everybody looks back and goes, well, we knew she had it. We just didn't know what time it was going to be. Right. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I think just really, really believing in yourself. I mean, you, you have, I mean, in a way, people in the entertainment industry are crazy people because they have to believe in themselves with such conviction. Right. That, you know, it's like, it, it is in a sense, you know, kind of crazy, but you have to be a little bit. Yeah, you have to be, especially being out there in Hollywood, right where you are. That's that's where that's where again people are either are made into into uh, stars or they're, or they're having their their dreams crushed and and, and basically travel back home uh, with their legs with their tail in between their legs. And so uh, you're literally out there. Uh, you're staying put. You're not giving up, uh, which goes into uh, the next area because I know I always like talking to. Uh, friends or associates or even uh, partners of mine that are trying to break into the acting field or that are actually uh, doing uh, some work already getting picked up with projects in the acting field like you're you're of course in a male-dominated industry when it comes to comedy like talk talk to us about some of the barriers and doors that you've had to personally break down while being uh, whether it's out in Hollywood or even before you went to California and like how has that increased your hunger uh, to continue pressing forward as a, as a comedian, not just a female comedian, but an actual comedian? Uh, I think it's, for me, it's remembering that I have a platform and I can use that. I, I can't be lazy because every time I get on stage and I get to talk about something, I, I always say that my comedy is like part ministry, part jokes, because I want to talk about things that are real but nobody wants to come. The reason you go to see comedy is because you want to laugh. You want an escape, right? But that also doesn't mean that I can't say something that's real. Right. And it's also just my taste in comedy. I mean, there is totally a place for, like, super silly, you know, uh, shout out Adam Devine. I, he was from Workaholics. I just watched his uh, Netflix special, and it's so silly. It's, like, just silly dumb. And that's his point of view, which is great and should be shared. Uh, for me, I'm finding my voice is very grounded comedy. I talk a lot about relationships. I talk a lot about uh, family dynamics. And so I always say that I want to, in the same way that you want to feed uh, like medicine to a dog, you have to wrap it in bacon so that they take it. That's all I'm doing with my comedy. You're only laughing because what I'm saying is true. That That is why hearing a big, echoing, bellowing laugh is the most intoxicating, gratifying thing in the world for me because it means you get it too. Like, you know it too. And I think for me, especially right now, and seeing like our society and our culture and like in some ways we're progressing so quickly and in other ways we are really fighting through some, I mean, ancient, ancient stuff that isn't going anywhere. And so- what what is it about my experience in the world? How can I share that in a way that is responsible? So I feel a very strong sense of responsibility of what do I want to say and how do I want to say it? Because as a woman in comedy, you know, again, it's the environment has changed so much even since I've been doing it. And I've been doing comedy professionally for about 10 years. Wow. So it's already changed so much. But, I mean, when I first came in, I remember uh, writing sketches uh, in Second City, and there were it was just all a bunch of dudes in my class, a bunch of young dudes. Mm-hmm. And um, they wanted me to be, like, uh, they were all being different types of drinks. And so they were like, oh, you'll be the sex on the beach. And, like, you'll – and so, like, the jokes that they had me say were just, A, they weren't funny, so I'm not going to say them already. But right. they just – they weren't coming from a place of thought. Mm. And it was because for a long time we set a precedent of if you looked a certain way or if you were of a certain privilege that you just got to do this thing or it was easier for you to do this thing. That's a generalized statement. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, and particularly with stand-up comedy. And so, you know, I also don't really blame them. They, they, didn't, they weren't challenged either, you know. Um, so I definitely feel a sense of, and I think that's also really important for people as they're, you know, whether they're writers or speakers or whatever. It's like, what is your point of view in the world? Mm. You don't have to, you don't have to share everybody else's experience, right? Like being, you know, uh, 
being of the world or in this experience, it's important for us to hear everybody's voice. So you don't have to speak for everybody, but you do have to speak for you. And I think that making your comedy or your art or your ministry or your teaching or your whatever it is, um, making it the most authentic because that's what will be heard. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And stay with that point, too, Rach, um, because a lot of people, uh, as you, I'm sure, come across just as much as I do being here in Atlanta, say they want to go into acting. They want to go into um comedy they want to go into sketch comedy uh, beyond wilding out like nick cannon and, and the rest of the other uh, gang that travels and like um they don't have the discipline factor to actually stay focused and to see what they said through uh, like talk about how much discipline does it take for you to uh, learn of course your 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 uh, jokes to be able to practice your jokes uh, whether it's in front of people or whether it's um, um behind closed doors like how is your process to get prepared a lot of late nights and it's like you have to do things you don't want to do. I mean, that's the other thing to say that like, just because we love it, it's like, yeah, well people love their kids too, but there are days that they wish they had a day off. (laughs) Like it's, it is constant work. I mean, for me right now, it's like trying to get up or not trying actively getting up on stage, you know, five to however many times a week doing stand up. So then you're writing and massaging jokes off stage, doing it on stage, mm. sometimes just like eating it up there. And you're like, cool. Well, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also writing and working on some other projects. Uh, I'm starting to make my way into uh, speaking. So mm. trying to create those invi- those um opportunities for myself but I'm also in an acting class so I have to show up with my scenes ready every week and I have to do work you know then um I'm doing a podcast here from my house I'm doing so it's like I mean doing concentrated I don't feel like I'm spreading myself too thin I think it's important to pick what things you need to be doing but Mm -hmm. there are no days off Mm -hmm. so I mean again like I said if you need to rest I'm a huge proponent of self-care like the dream doesn't work if you don't. So take mm-hmm. care of yourself. But it has to be, I've been watching a lot of documentaries on athletes because athletes have a a, a propensity for discipline that not a lot of artists do because we tend to be more emotional or flighty or a lot of these things, which is great, but you're not going to make any money that way. You know what I mean? It's like being funny is great, but being being you know funny and making money is even better because Los Angeles is not cheap. Right. So you know you have to have an an immense immense amount of discipline, uh, and that also takes a long time. I mean I, I'm paying right now for a lot of a lot of discipline that I didn't quite have, um, and now I'm doing catch up. Mm. You know, that's okay. I mean, you got to do the work at some point, but I've definitely learned that lesson of like, it is, it is consistency. Yeah. And that's the biggest hurdle that I think a lot of folks um, that uh, want to develop and even uh, develop professionally in their career or their business or even personally that just like Rachel said, they lack discipline. They lack uh, the follow through with that consistency because it's not really about how you start, but it's about um, as we always hear how you finish, but also the quality uh, of your transition to finishing. And so um, as we get ready to wind down race, I know you out in Cali time. Uh, we just have a, a couple more questions before we allow you to give your final jewel. Uh, like talk about like, where do you see comedy going um, in this day and age, 2019, especially when it comes to uh, Netflix, the boom of a lot of uh, stand up comedians going on Netflix versus like HBO specials or uh, even when it comes to even a lot more um, uh, female uh, comedians that are breaking the mold and breaking out uh, into, into that lane. Like where do you see comedy going in the future? I think also, I apologize. I'm moving. I had a very full battery and now I don't. So I'm grabbing my charger. Everybody moving with you. This is behind the scenes of Hollywood. (laughs) We are always moving and shaking. I was at, um, a taping this morning for uh spoiler alert, Tiffany Haddish is doing a new uh reboot of Kids Say the Darndest Things. Wow, okay. So I was there for a taping of that this morning and I was there were like a family behind me and they're like, 
well, I had no idea that they stop and then they start and they, and I was like, welcome to Hollywood, babe. Like, you know, it is, uh, it is all smoke and mirrors. Um, let me charge, plug this in one second. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going I'm to just do a quick sum up. So we're on the line, uh, as you all who have been tuning in, have been listening to a lot of jewels. Uh, this is Rachel LaForce. Uh, she is a friend and also a fellow classmate of mine, uh, graduated from my same high school here in Marietta, Georgia. Shout out to Wheeler High School, Wildcat Nation, all the Wildcats tuning in. I think I saw Joey. Uh, shout out to Brother Joey, a, a few other people um, that also went to our high school. We, we thank you for the love. Uh, we're here with Rachel LaForce. Uh, she is a comedian out in L.A. And, uh, Rach, you were, you were saying? So, yeah, for the moving forward with comedy and um, my my boyfriend and I talk a lot about that. He's also he's a comic and a podcaster. And and I think people there's twofold. I think some people get very discouraged because now they're like, it's so oversaturated, like everybody's doing it. And that's very real. And I understand that. But there's also the other side of it, which is you can constantly be creating now. I mean, I was thinking about this when we were first logging in and, and kind of catching up quickly before we went live. And I was thinking we never would have been able to do this five, you know, five, you know, six years ago, whatever. And so to me, I'm like, you know, if you see something that's a hurdle, how do you make it a friend? How can you like, cause there's always going to be somebody who's going to see a hurdle and figure out how to get over it. Right. So you need to get really good at seeing a hurdle and figuring out a solution because that's also how you're going to be successful. Now, that's not to say that you're not going to get frustrated and be like, why are there are these hurdles? But the quicker you can train your mind to see something and go, I can get around it, mm. the, more, the better you're going to be. Because, again, it's all about saving your energy. Going back to that idea of athletes, of like the ways in which you can conserve your energy to go longer because there's always going to be somebody who's stronger than you, faster than you, more connected than you, you know, et cetera. So you have to really be constantly treating this career path like a marathon. So with looking at having all of these different ways to create, use them because you never know which one again. I mean, which one is going to spawn you get it? I mean, even for instance of, of us being connected again, right? Like, I don't know what it was on, you know, through my socials and stuff that you saw and you're like, yeah, let's, you know, reconnect. And that happens a lot. People reach out and they're like, Hey, we'd love to do a piece with you or, Hey, I've got this thing I'd love for you to be in. Or, um, you know, again, with taking new meetings for myself with agents and managers. So really utilizing the, current ecosystem of technology and entertainment to your advantage. Make a YouTube page, create a podcast, you know, get together with friends, make a movie. Um, if you're writing a pilot script, put people together in a theater downtown, have people read it, record it, put it on your Facebook. Like you never know where the opportunity is going to come from, but it's not going to, you know, nobody's going to come and knock on your door and go, Hey, you know, we saw you. We think you're super talented. Do you want to come be in the movies? Like right. it's not going to work like that. Right. And then, you know, inspiration has to find you working. So you got to go out there and, uh, and make sure that you're creating. So that's even what I'm doing for myself right now, which is, all right, what are the, the pieces of work that I'm working on? What uh, medium are they best suited for? And let's, you know, focus on, on getting it out there. So that that's what I, I don't know if that exactly answered the question. That might have been more of how to navigate it rather than what do I see happening. Yeah. Um, but I but certainly don't see it slowing down. I definitely see it just continuing to get faster and faster. No, you're right on point, Rach. It was, it was um, right on par with seeing, like, how you see comedy going. Because uh, as, as you are already on IG, you see a lot more, uh, comedians that are not just blowing up off of YouTube, they're actually blowing up off of IG by just creating one minute videos. And so the market is all the way open, just like Rachel is telling you, for those that are serious about going into comedy or even acting, uh, you name it. You've heard from John Dixon, uh, who is doing major things out here in Atlanta, but also traveling the U.S. Uh, to be in uh, different commercials, television shows, and then also movies. You've heard from Rachel. Uh, she's uh, doing her thing out in Hollywood. She's literally in L.A. right now, taking time to drop heavy jewels on you all to tell you about her process, 
how she broke into comedy and also uh, what she is doing uh, to make her name and her brand stand out in Hollywood. And so, uh, Rach, we always allow as we uh, wind down, because, of course, um, we, we want to make sure you're able to enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, we always allow uh, the guest host to leave a final jewel of wisdom. And that's basically your final thought of what you would tell someone that may be watching or may watch the replay of this. Uh, they see you're not just about talking about it. You're out, actually out in Hollywood, out in L.A. right now on Pacific time. Um, and they want to basically take a leap of faith to, let's say, even go out to Cali, go out to New York, uh, even possibly if they're not in Atlanta, to come out here and make their dreams happen. Uh, what would you tell that person, Rach, that is uh, wanting to make it happen, but they just don't know how to make it happen because of finances, uh, because of possibly relationships that are holding them back? Like, what would you tell that person? You know. You already know. And that voice that's telling you to go is never going to go away. So you can either go now or you could go another 40 years and that voice in the back of your head is going to be gnawing away at you. And so it's your choice. And that I've had years where my tax return came in and I was astonished that I was able to make that much money. And I've had tax returns come in that I am astonished I made it through the year. So finance, like financial issues will always be an issue until they're not. So you're going to have to work a lot of jobs in order to make it work. And you're going to be tired and you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. But there is no bigger sacrifice than not living the life that you're meant to live. Mm. And so when you are looking for outside sources to give you the green light, doesn't exist. You have the green light. You know You already know. I always tell people that everything you came into this world, you came into this world with everything that you already needed. And so the more that you can really, really learn to listen to your instincts, the better. And, you know, it it, it is where it's like, listen, I understand whether like you're like, well, you know, I got married early and now I've got two kids or, you know, I help support my mom financially or it's like I know all of those things. And I also know that, like, life is not easy and life is not fair. But I also know that when you tell the universe or when you tell God or whatever, when you put it out there, right, it will find a way. It always, always does. Now, now that doesn't mean that you're going to go, I've decided I want to do this thing, and suddenly the next day you're going to be Will Smith. It doesn't work that way. But I do know that when you open yourself up and you trust yourself enough to know that everything you need, you already have. I absolutely it's a Rachel LaForce guarantee that you will not you won't regret it. I absolutely know that. Hey, y'all heard y'all heard it from uh, the force out, out here dropping a lot of jewels and making sure that you are able to not make excuses. My final jewel, uh, Rachel, would just be. Uh, to put your money where your mouth is. I always say this to a lot of my friends. Um, in order to be successful, uh, you have to learn how to lose money before you can make money. And why not put money um, into yourself in order to learn uh, the risk versus uh, success ratio um, and being able to uh, be about your business, be about what you say you're going to do, uh, not just talking about it, taking a leap of faith this year. 2019 is halfway done. Uh, what have you done this year in order to invest in yourself, not just by being around the right type of individuals, but actually putting money up and investing in yourself? Uh, you've heard from Rachel uh, talking about the importance of a team. Uh, who is your team? Are you around people that are just talking about doing things or that they're actually traveling? Uh, they're making moves. They're networking, as you heard Rachel say, and they're they're making their dreams become a reality. And so this has been episode 42 uh, with uh, my very special guest uh, host, uh, Rachel LaForce, uh, speaking about becoming a comedian. Uh, Rach, how can they uh, reach out or touch touch and get in contact with you if they want to follow up uh, to support your your uh, your journey? How can they t- talk with you on social media? What are some ways they can stay in touch with you? Yeah, please, please follow me. Again, I'm a comedian and agents and managers and directors look at numbers. So please follow me. I will follow you back. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel LaForce. 
Uh, and through there, I've got my link tree there, so you can click to find like my college humor videos, any recent write-ups, all things about uh, my stand-up shows if you're ever in L.A. I also come to Atlanta often. I was just there. I taught uh, a workshop, and I did about a week and a half worth of shows in Atlanta uh, in early June. Uh, so I'll be back doing that. Uh, you're welcome to Facebook friend me. I always do that as well. So you can find me on Facebook at Rachel LaForce. Um, for more business oriented things, if you're interested, you could check out my website, which is rachellaforce.com. And I always say this and I really, really mean it because I guarantee you, you're going to hear me and go, oh, no, I'm not going to because you think other people are going to reach out to me. They don't. If you have a question and you are curious or you need a little bit of guidance, I am more than happy to email you or send you references that are appropriate for me to send to you, et cetera, et cetera. So if there really is anything, you know, that you have a question about, please reach out. My email is rachel.laforce at gmail.com. So please take me up on that. Feel free to email me uh, and definitely follow me uh, on Instagram. I've got a, um, a character that I do. Her name is Tracy. Uh, she's a riot. Uh, and so I pump out those videos about once a week, uh, but you can link to all that through my Instagram. So definitely like pop in, say hi, and, you know, tell me what's good. So Absolutely. She's about her business, y'all. She has a website. You heard her speak about her social media handles and also her link tree. Uh, she's not playing. As you heard <laughs> last week, I only talked to movers and shakers. I've supported uh, what Rachel and a lot of our, our classmates that are actually uh, following their dreams are doing. And so do not lose contact with those that are definitely connected in some way uh, to their own level of success, because you never know who you may be toasting champagne with in the future. And so go out and follow Rachel. I put all of her, her social media and her website at rachellaforce.com. Uh, go, go and support her shows if you're out in L.A. and definitely for those that are in the ATL. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, this has been another very special edition of Run the Jewels. Uh, Rachel, I'm going to say a quick prayer over you, and then I'm going to allow you to enjoy the rest of your uh, afternoon. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you for uh, allowing Rachel to come on and just uh, bless the people with having them see behind the scenes of what uh, this comedy uh, journey and also what this Hollywood journey is really about. Uh, it's not about uh, her. It's, it's about uh, what she is able to show and inspire others, as she's um, put it. Uh, we thank you for her talents and giftings uh, that you've given her, Father. We thank you for uh, her her ups and downs, her, her successes and her failures that she's been able to share, and also her heart to mentor and also to serve uh, others and also be of influence in whatever area and whatever position you put her into. Uh, we thank you uh, for new doors and new opportunities that you're opening for her this season. Uh, we pray uh, for the overflow uh, to be sent to her from even new uh, collaborations, new partnerships, and also definitely uh, new and bigger finances coming into her world and into her land. Uh, we ask that you will bless her with everything that she touches. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I rate you know uh, you definitely blessed them with a ton of jewels. They have no excuse now to not go out to Hollywood or to even follow their dreams just as you have. It's always been a pleasure, of course, uh, serving with you. And definitely uh, they'll, they'll be having some people that will be following you and also supporting your journey just as I have. So thank you for taking the time uh, to come and tune in. And uh, we're going to be following you for sure. Well, thank you for having me and letting me share. Absolutely, Rach. We'll talk soon and you enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Sounds good. Thank Bye. you. Peace. Bye. All right, y'all. I'm going to do a quick wrap up. Um, you, of course, have seen uh, the very uh, um, infamous about to be for sure. You want to follow her uh, as she uh, tracks her journey with you all via social media and also on her website, Rachel LaForce. Uh, she is a dynamic force doing some major work out in Hollywood. So uh, stay tuned and remember her name. Uh, this has been episode 42 of Becoming a Comedian. Uh, this whole week, we do have a dynamic amount of speakers uh, that are going to be coming and sharing their uh, craft or industry with you. Uh, this Thursday, we also are talking to another actor, uh, TJ Jackson. Uh, he uh, went to Hampton University with me. Uh, he's doing major work uh, in projects here in Atlanta and also on other network television networks. Uh, you'll be hearing on Friday from uh, Brother Gennaro uh, Estilo, uh, who is a brand ambassador 
uh, for menswear and also um, uh, for men branding. Uh, and then on Sunday, you'll be hearing uh, from one of my good friends, uh, Severine DeRogier, uh, that I grew up with um, in, in Marietta, Georgia, but she's actually in France. Um, she's trilingual. She speaks three languages and also is an author. And so stay tuned to hear their, their development and also how they have turned their dreams into a reality. Uh, I'm your host, King Jules, Julian Smartwimple. Go back and watch the replay. Follow Rachel on all of her IG handles at Rachel LaForce. And uh, go and check out her website at www.rachellaforce.com and check the threads if you missed any of that. I'm King Jules signing off. Run the jewels this week. You are meant to shine like the jewel that God has created you to be. It's only a matter of time of how, how fast or how much you are going to realize what type of jewel that you are. And so uh, this is Julian Smart signing off. I'll talk with y'all on Thursday. Peace.